Welcome to the What About Tuesday podcast, where we take you on the adventure of trying to turn ideas into profit, hosted by Shane and Rich. All right, today's episode, we are going to be discussing... Welcome to our podcast broadcast of the zero episode of Shane and Rich. I would like to discuss, you know, our backgrounds and where we're from and what gives us the, I don't want to say authority, but the justification for starting this podcast. I will 100% use the word authority. Like <laughs> we, we have the authority because we have the internet and a microphone and you literally cannot come take this from us. So we have the authority, Rich. And this is why this is going to be interesting. Now, I have a background. My name's Rich. I have a background um, in business. I also do a lot of marketing security in the tri-state area, which is New York City, for those that do not know. But we are on an endeavor and an adventure to start a business here in Louisiana in a market that is somewhat saturated um, for marketing and security. And we're trying to piece together a profitable, I would say... What would you say? Because you, you said authority, and it kind of threw me off. Uh, this is Shane, and and realistically, we are we're basically making Frankenstein's monster. We're taking two vastly different industries that do work closely together, um, and we are starting from absolute zero. We're going to bootstrap our whole way through this. You guys are going to be able to hear us go over our, our business meetings with with city councils and uh, architects and everything else that we're trying to do. Um, we're going to go over, you know, the, the course of this whole year is going to be showing you from, from day zero, what we're doing, how we're doing it and hopefully give you guys some ideas and, um, you know, confidence is a good one. I like confidence. Give, give you guys the confidence to take over your own, uh, ideas and what you can do with them. I like the word confidence, but I'm going to piggyback just a little bit on what you were talking about starting from ground zero or from scratch, just in case people out there are wondering. Sure. We have done multiple businesses. I have, you know, background in marketing and I've owned three businesses myself. Shane, um, I believe, owned three businesses himself. And we're going into this from scratch. The podcast is basically about kind of helping young entrepreneurs, maybe older entrepreneurs, people with ideas that don't believe that they could actually um, do a small business or to grow a small business, trying to help them survive here in Southwest Louisiana. We chose this area because um, we've succeeded in other markets. And this is a market that we find that can be a little challenging, but we believe that it's doable. So we're not going to come in and pretend. We're not going to just have a whole bunch of investors lined up and do it. Most people do it podcasts and marketing and internet and say, hey, we did this from scratch, but really we had Bank of America behind this or Merrill Lynch or something. We're going to do a real grassroots, start from the bottom, start from scratch, like almost like selling, having opening up a lemonade stand. That would be the best way for me to put it and showing you how we can turn a lemonade stand into possibly a regional or global marketing or um, business or endeavor. Shane? Right. And before we get to that stuff, that is, you know, obviously more of like an advanced class um, scenario of getting to that regional level or going national. Um, you know, first first and foremost is is starting at home and where you want to 
really focus your uh, attention and we'll, we'll, you know, later podcasts, we're going to go into our, our motivators, the people that we followed. Um, some people that we, we definitely like Gary Vaynerchuk's one of my favorites. I, you know, I very much enjoy him. Rich doesn't like him that much, but you know, not everybody's for everybody. There's a few people that Rich, Rich follows that I'm not a big fan of. Um, <laughs> so my background is, you know, I've, I've been in um, the entertainment industry. I've done security also. Uh, I, quintessentially did have the lemonade stand and uh a few other you know childhood uh, money makers um uh, hell from the west coast so you know lived all over uh you know washington state california a bunch of different places and and more or less always found a way to make money um one of the things i learned as a small child is as long as money's moving you're making money if it's not moving you're not making money um and, and i've applied that to pretty many many different um industries and things and things that I never even started off and, you know, had great ideas that I never did. So, you know, this is not us saying, Hey, we, we were, we're successful. Um, I, I hope both of us are going to openly admit where we failed and, and discuss why we failed and have those conversations. Um, you know, I, I know one of the few businesses in, in my mental repertoire that I feel like I really missed the opportunity of with was, uh, interactive dinner parties. And having chefs come in and, and actually teach people from, you know, how to go pick up food and, you know, where to go shopping and how to get the ingredients for those dinners. And then teach those people all how to make a, you know, do the dinner party together and then have the dinner party after. So that was that was an idea that eventually after a few years, you know, I, I pitched it to a, a lot of people. I never got off the ground. I know a couple of people actually ended up eventually doing that. Um, and we're kind of doing the same thing here. Like we're going to teach you where to go get your ingredients and we're going to teach you how to you know kind of cook up your your own dinner and and how to invite people in on that dinner and what people you can invite into and who who you probably shouldn't invite into um and and go from there so with this we're going to kind of go back and forth and and fire a, a decent q a between rich and myself right now about what we're planning on doing over the next year um what started this idea between the two of us and, you know, our essential end goals. Cause it's going to be really funny to hear both of us, you know, we're going to kind of stay in our own lanes. I guarantee you, Rich is going to want to stay with marketing. I'm going to want to stay with retail. Um, but our, our generalized crossover is, is what's going to make this really an amazing ordeal because we do have various crossovers, right? Security, we have that entertainment. We have that, um, you know, throwing shows is a different form of marketing, you know, and you, you to be a promoter, you have to have all that kind of stuff in the background. And then retail is, you know, there's two different types of retail, physical retail and uh, emotional retail. Correct. Uh, so, Rich, when you started um, your first company, right, uh, what was easily, hands down, the dumbest thing you did to start off? Like, what was your, your first imagination, your image, your idea, what was that first company? Like we know you, you've talked about the three that you've already had and the things that have been successful, but obviously your first one wasn't successful because you wouldn't have had three more <laughs> to do that. So what was that idea? Like, give me, give me something to, to go on. All right. Um, first company, if I'm going to go all the way back, um, let's see. Well, I wouldn't say it was something that I turned into an LLC or S Corp. It was just a idea. Um, needed to make some extra money. Decided to start, you know, coaching kids. 
without a gym, um, start training kids because I had a basketball background playing, you know, collegiate ball and some semi-pro ball. And, you know, I would take kids um, in New York um, on 72nd Street. Uh, we have the nice little park under the bridge in the mornings. And I would charge them like $25 an hour to, you know, come out and I would teach them. It was pretty successful for the first, I'd say, six months. Then after that, I had to find a way to, um, to up the ante. Because after you teach people certain things, and this is where the dumb stuff comes in, because um, I don't want to use the other word, because I might have to do five push-ups. This is where the dumb stuff comes in. Um, you start doing the same thing over and over. So I would just say, like, um, in business, I was doing layups, three-pointers, free throws, teaching them different things, um, dribbling drills, skills, but I wasn't charging them for each individual session. I would have the whole group together. And I was teaching everybody the same thing, but for $25 an hour. When there were other people that were down at Chelsea Piers, I know a lot of people don't know New York, so I'm throwing out some venues that you might not know, but Reebok Gym, Basketball City, and they were charging them per session, per skill. So if they was teaching dribbling, they was charging for dribbling, they was charging for layups, they was charging for jump shots, they was charging for everything when I was just doing it wholesale. So I was losing money because I did not know. And I would say the most um, the most challenging thing in starting a business is not knowing. You just jump in. It's like jumping into the, the deep end of the pool and you can't swim. You're going to either think or you're going to swim. And people say that and they use that as a metaphor. But to tell you the truth, you're drowning. You Someone has to jump in and save you. Um, I had someone, um, I don't want to use her name, but she was older. She was like a mom to me. She started, you know, researching, you know, training and skill training and what a trainer would actually do, what a coach would do. If you want to, if I want to turn this into a small business of training kids, what I would need to do, like putting together a package or proposal, uh, SOP, which is a standard operating procedure of how I would train, what would be my fees, what would be, um, how much I would charge the, amount of minutes I would use in trying to turn it into a business. When I was just trying to make a little money on the side, not knowing that I could actually profit behind that. So I lost a lot of money doing that. But as I moved on and I finished school, college, and um, I moved on to doing some marketing, some security, some promotional parties, some venues, I took that lesson and then I started charging for different things. Like, I don't know if anyone out there has ever been a club promoter or ever um, worked security at a club. Like a lot of times when you work security at a club, you're going through an agency. But if you were smart, you could go through the club. As long as you have your licenses, as long as you have the different things that you need so where you won't get sued, to where the club won't get sued, nine times out of ten, they would like to deal with you directly than dealing with the club. So I would have to say that most of my um, most of my experiences in starting a business and the reason why they failed is because I didn't know about getting rid of the middleman or I didn't know about not being the middleman because sometimes you can fall into that little boat, too. That little bit of water comes to where you become a middleman and people say, why do I need you? So I really don't know, Shane, if you experienced that, but I experienced that in a multitude of vineyards, I mean, ventures and different things that I've been through. Um, however, once I started getting the experience, which is key, because when you first start off, you're a rookie. Like if I want to break it down into sports terms, you're a rookie. You might be great, might have all the moves, might have the charisma. But there's a veteran out there that knows the game and they're watching. 
And when they're watching you, they're seeing when you're going to make a mistake so they can capitalize on it. Yeah, I think easily, to, um, you know, my biggest mistake was I did it all. Right. Like I, I was not, I never slept really. I mean, I still even today, I still don't sleep that much in comparison um, because I didn't, my biggest weakness going through a lot of stuff is I've trained a lot of people, but once you train somebody, they're gone. Right. Like you like, okay, here's, here's how you do this. If I did my job right as a trainer, I never have to see you again. If I see you again, I've done something wrong. Right. And so when you're, you know, in, in that bit in the different types of business I've been in where training people is actually detrimental to your position, right? When you are, when you are the club promoter, right? When you are the guy putting everything together and you're, you're calling the agencies and you're getting everything else, you're, the more you teach somebody how to do that, you're, you're, it, the inverse happens. You suddenly go from being the person who's in charge to the middleman. Cause now the other guy can go, well, why am I calling you? Like, why am I getting you to clear things? Why am I doing this with you? I can just go to the agency around that. So I think easily that would be my biggest issue was, you know, the trusting people that took forever. <laughs> uh, even here, you know, we've had a lot of issues with, with the store and, and theft and people backstabbing and things to that nature. But like, I've also become more calm about that idea and become not, not the backstabbing. Like, trust me, I'm, I'm still definitely willing to snap somebody's fingers backwards. Um, but like, I'm more calm about hiring people. Like I'm more willing to sit down and go, okay, here, here's what you got to do. And if you don't do this, you're fired by tomorrow. You know, and, and that has lightened a few things up, but then it also, like everything else, more fires. <laughs> you create more fires and do that other stuff. So it's it's a weird thing because it's like we both have sat on the same, you know, I, Rich, we, we've, we talk about this in person all the time where we're, we're basically, uh, we're the, we have the same backgrounds, just 10 years difference and two different skin colors. Um <laughs> which it, it's true though, right? Like, cause like you, you, you've worked in, in, you know, you worked in security as, as running your own security teams. I ran my own security teams. Um, your, your security groups have been, you know, all licensed and, and carry firearms and all this other stuff. My guys just knew who to look out for, how to pull stuff out, how to emergency, you know, preparedness, new first aid, how to do all that stuff. Um, but that's because like, I, I think that's also because we're, where we're at, right? New York, you know, and, and this isn't like, you know, me giving the bad image of New York, but this is the same image everybody has, right? Like if you go to the wrong club, you can get your teeth kicked in pretty quickly out there. And sure. if you say the wrong thing, you're definitely going to get your teeth kicked in. And if you do the wrong thing, who knows what's going to happen to you, Correct. right? So you you guys have to carry, you know, a lot of you guys do carry. A lot of you guys have, have you know, military backgrounds and stuff like that. Well, you know, in Seattle and in a couple of, now, LA is different. Like, I'm not going to say this for LA. This is not, this is more like a Seattle and greater area. Like, you, you would get a fight every, you know, maybe 300 shows, 100 shows or something to that nature. And it's, you know, now granted, Seattle has had shootings and, and that nature. Yes. I'm not saying like it's, oh man, there, it's it's easy out there, but you don't have to deal with those things. You know, I have very rarely had to have a guy come in with with a CWP, uh, concealed weapon permit. For those of you who don't know that, uh, you know, I we did always hire mostly ex-military because they can handle themselves as long as they were on their medicine. <laughs> so, however, what you're saying is true. But as far as the mistakes and the um, different things that come along with starting a business and um, some of the examples that you just gave in security, 
you're right. In New York, things can happen. But in New York, we have different laws. We have different regulations. We have different rules. We have different things set up. And it's because of these, you know, mobster movies that everybody loves to watch. Because back in the day, New York was a little bit chaotic and out of control. So when it comes to security, if we're going to focus on security in this podcast, if it comes to security, the reason why we have to carry, the reason why we have unarmed and unarmed, I mean, unarmed and armed guards, you have to go through a process. You have to take classes. You have to go through the state. You have to be certified through the state. You have to have, you have to be, um, you have to be um, barred. Not, I'm sorry, not barred. I, I, you have to be bonded. I apologize. You have to be bonded. You have to have some legal background as far as policing, maybe some FBI, CIA, some army, um, private security, like business owners in New York City. Um, you have to make at least a quarter of a million dollars to be able to have a firearm. Not every citizen in New York can have a firearm. That's why, but they have access to it because we have a lot of ports. We have a lot of different things. We've been... Somewhat, I don't want to say under martial law, but um, we have to protect people because we're the largest city on the planet. We're the financial capital of the world. We have a lot of money. We have a lot of banks. We have a lot of things that go on inside of New York. So when people go out, you know, they're spending money. And when people have money and, you know, it's a class type of thing, same thing anywhere. I know you said in Seattle, y'all didn't have to deal with it, but we have people that are worth billions and billions of dollars that might want to go party at this one club. Like um, I did a lot of security with Tonic. That is a club on the east side and they have one on the west side. We do stuff at Corner Social. That's in Harlem. That's uptown. There's a lot of things that happen that people have to... Um, be prepared for. There might be gang members. There might be mob members. There might be people from different countries that migrate into New York that are used to going into the club with guns. So we have to pat people down. We have to make sure that we're armed. We have to make sure that we pay attention to everything. We got to have someone set up by the bathroom so someone doesn't get robbed in the bathroom, different things. So yes, it is a bigger juggernaut or a bigger monster. However, it's manageable. If you know what you're doing, but as far as mistakes, like I'm pretty sure like in the clubs in Seattle, there's incidents that happen that go unnoticed and things like that. And you have to cover that. It's, um, it's like pay attention to detail. And one thing that you said about um, when you were starting off, you did everything. Sometimes when you start off in a business, being a jack of all trades is detrimental. I know that you said about trust and about, you know, hiring people and dealing with people. But if we want to, you know, tailor that back and save that for another podcast, um, we could talk about, you know, that in a different entirety. But for this podcast, I would like to keep it based upon the beginning. Right. And those types of things are key and essential. When you first start a business, trust is something that you want to have, especially if you have a partner like me and Shane. We're going into business together. You, We have to set up things, bank accounts, logos, um, LLCs, S-Corps. Now, we are, like I said in the beginning, we are not going to go with big investors. We're going to do it between us and try to do it from the ground up, just like a lemonade stand. However, we do have some things that we're going to have to put in place, like an S-Corp, the difference between an S-Corp and an LLC, the difference in between trusting your business partner. There's a lot of times that we can get into like an hour-long podcast about me and trusting people from different places. I've been in Virginia, West Virginia. All right, Rich, I'm going to cut you off there because we're, we uh, do have to kind of get a little bit back on track. And we both kind of walked ourselves out of off the track of the introduction of, of who we are and stuff. So I, I feel like we, we've presented ourselves pretty, pretty well in this aspect. We um, do know at least, you know, we know we know what we're doing. Um, we know we have failures and, and things like that. And we want to make sure that people understand that. And we are going to go over podcasts with trust, uh, working yourself over over time and doing that other other things. Um now we, we've talked about 
you know, West Coast, East Coast, different clubs, different and, and standard operating procedures and, and stuff. And those are all things we're going to go into. So for the last, you know, 10 minutes or so, what we're going to do now is we're going to outline our goal, right? What we were actually, what made us start this idea of this podcast and what brought us into, you know, we're, you know, basically being at the store. Now I keep mentioning the store. Um, I am the owner of Sword and Board out in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, which is partially involved in that. And as far as the LSE, because we have, we're going through, uh, a few changes here for that. Um, so what we are doing is we're going to, we're taking, um, it's pretty obvious. We're taking bigger city mentalities and bring it to a smaller, smaller area. Lafayette is, is a city on the cusp of being, you know, it still has the small town mentality, but it has 130,000 people and it's growing beyond that small man uh, mentality. So it's kind of fighting itself and having its own internal struggles in that aspect. But what we're looking to do is merge these two giant worlds that we have, you know, like for a retailer, we have to use, to be fair, as a hobby retailer, marketing is not something a lot of hobby retailers delve into. It's not a lot, something that I spend a lot of money on. And any marketer will tell you the same thing. You get, you spend money on marketing. That's all you spend your money on. If you spend all your money on marketing, you're going to succeed. And then everybody else who doesn't understand marketing goes, you're lying out of your ass. <laughs> and that's, that's that internal struggle. Now, at the same time as a, a game store, a hobby store, we're not a normal niche right? We are growing bigger. It's a $7 billion industry across the world for board games. Um, we currently do not sell video games, but we do a lot of conventions. Uh, we are a slightly becoming a more of a national name because of the conventions and then the marketing and everything else that we already do um, in-house. Um, but what we're looking to do is we're, we're going to be moving, we're hopefully moving the store to a bigger location. Uh, we are going to kind of strip the store and the businesses, both of our businesses down to the ground zero. And go, okay, where are we realistically going? So we know we want to go to a bigger location. We know we want to add food and beverages. We know we want to take both of our experiences doing events and bringing them to that because, you know, being able to do board, we do board game nights and stuff like that here, but also being able to do, hey, esports, right? We, we get both getting the esports stuff um, and, and expanding that and going from there. So this is the idea. Right. This is the concept that brought us both together going, you know what, this is nice, but it could be better. And in business, you either do it first or you do it better. That's it. You don't get a third choice. <laughs> um, and so in this area, what we're feeling that we're going to be doing first is upgrading the concept here. Now, that's where the one of the bigger challenges is, is that concept right here in Louisiana, especially in where we're at right now, it's because of that internal struggle for the city and the state and where we're at, not too many people are able to or willing to accept that concept of going, okay, hey, well, you know what? You're not from here. We're not going to support you. Okay, that's fine. That's that's your choice, right? Um, but we're going to support ourselves. And in doing that, we have to, you know, go get our, redo our licensing. We have to go back and redo the tax, you know, system that we currently have because right now we're on monthly we need to get switch over to annually so we're more able to do the things that we need to do we need to talk to architects we need to talk to our the real estate people around here we need to go shopping now we did already go and find a location um and we are gonna be hopefully bringing on the real estate 
agents that we've been talking to and the architect that we've been talking to um, and, and getting that information out and available for people. If you're not in this area, this information is still good for you because you're still going to need to go talk to these people when it's your turn. Now, there's a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, just sell on Amazon. Yeah, go sell on Amazon. Save yourself the six or seven grand a month in overhead. But that's not always feasible for everybody, right? Uh, Facebook Marketplace, do this, do that. Like the, um, the hustle mentality is go and flip and go and do this. The problem with that hustle mentality, and I can tell you from personal experience of basically living that lifestyle, is that it gets harder to want to wake up every morning to do it. You know, the only thing you're thinking about five minutes into a conversation with somebody is like, how am I making money off of them? Here's my board game that I'm buying. Now, yes, technically, that's my still my mentality because I'm in a retail stop. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, but we're doing more than just selling board games. We do 3D printing. We do cosplay stuff. We do um, charity events. We do all this other stuff. Rich, he does charities. He, he's got his own charity that he's been working with because he, you know, wants to give back to that community and do the things. So over the course of the next year, we're going to be doing our best to vocally express to you guys that that's what we're doing. That's what we're working on. This is what this episode of the podcast is. That's what we're going to do next week. We're going to go over that. Um, you know, Rich and I have our, our favorite books we're going to be talking about, about what books really inspired us. Uh, Sun Tzu. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, we agree on that one. <laughs> and so that is that is our 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 podcast. That's our time for today. You know, I hope I know we were a little bit over all over the place, but that's kind of what it's going to be like. Because when you're in business and you are talking with another person, you're never going in with bullet points. You're going to go in with an idea, and you're going to go in with a position, and you're going to hope that your idea and your position is heard by that other person. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, and sometimes you're going to have to fight with them. Rich and I both agree. We know for a fact we are going to argue with each other. <laughs> that yes, is definitely not a, not a discussion that we, that's an obvious discussion because at a certain point in time, Rich with his marketing is going to go, Hey, we got to put marketing first on this one. This has got to go first here. I, on, on the physical, you know, and the distribution and all this stuff, I'm going to argue against that. And you guys are going to be part of that. You're going to watch us do all this stuff. So our next podcast that we're going to, we're going to cover um, is we're going to go over actually naming. That is a huge thing. That is a thing that people, I think, spend way too much time on. Uh, you know, yes, there's branding. Yes, there's an idea in the name. There's power in a name. I, yes, that's true. I mean, hell, I bought the business I have now because it has an amazing, marketable, easy-to-say name that can be transplanted anywhere in the U.S., and people are going to know it. But I didn't make the name. So, you know, for me, I kind of cheated on that one. But a name in that aspect always does change and you should be willing to change. Um, you know, we're going to go over that where, you know, we're going to go over books. We're going to go over licensing. Licensing, I think is going to take more than a 30 minute podcast because we're going to go over LLCs on one, corpse on another, sole proprietary on another, uh, CPAs, all this other stuff. So stay tuned, catch up with us. Always listen. These are quick. They're, they're straight to the point as much as we can make them. And we will always be here to answer your questions. You can hit us up at whataboutTuesdayPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to know more information, if you want to be part of the podcast, if you don't like what we're saying and you want to just tell us, which is totally fine. I love reading those. You're an asshole. And I hate you emails. Um, <laughs> I've been married before. I know what they're like. Uh, 
Anyway, we're going to sign off on this one, uh, and we will catch you guys on our next episode, which, again, is going to be about naming. And we're going to build our businesses together, and you guys can join us. All right. Thank you for joining us on What About Tuesday. And remember that some ideas will not make you a profit. However, all profits come from ideas. This is Rich signing off. This is Shane. Thank you for fo- again, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>